Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible! <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, week 16 NFL Best Bets. It is holiday week, 11 games Saturday, three on Sunday, and we have Monday Night Football. Joining the pod this week, Jill Gallant, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund. You can find that account over on the Twitter sphere. And filling in for Brandon Anderson, we welcome back Anthony DeBundo, his third appearance on the pod this year. He's just into the holidays. He's so happy to be back for holiday season. The Best Bets podcast went five and four last week. We're at 72, 59 and four record for the season. And as a reminder, you can follow along in the Action app. You can follow the account that has our picks logged there. Action Network NFL Picks, Sunday six pack from Raybon and Stucky. Also in there, before we jump into the picks, we've got a new segment here on the podcast. See, we're innovative, thinking new as the year winds down. We'll be joined by Action Network Director of Research, Evan Abrams, the engine behind our Action Labs database. We've shouted out his name a bunch on the podcast. He delivers great tidbits and information. He shares his favorite stats and trends heading into the weekend. Evan, please take it away. All right. Welcome to week 16, the official week of the bomb cyclones and weather madness. Let's cycle through some notes on the chaos. 10 of the 16 games this week are in store for freezing temperatures with eight 20 degrees or colder. This week, we have eight totals below 40. The last week we've had eight totals below 40, week one, 2010. Some perspective, that's Sam Bradford's first start for the Rams. I'm honestly not sure how we can't talk about Saints Browns this week. High temperatures are expected to be around 13 degrees, with wind sitting at around 30 miles an hour and gusts reaching as high as 60 to 70 miles an hour. With an over-under of 31 and a half, this would be the lowest total in 14 years. In the last 20 years, we've seen 52 total games 
with 20 mile an hour wins or greater. From an actionable point of view, of those 52 games, five of the eight coldest were all in Cleveland. The final scores for those games, 23-17, 8 13-6, 14-0. Aside from the weather, how can we talk about anything but the Lions? Detroit has covered the spread in seven consecutive games. The last time Detroit covered seven straight in the same season, 1991, which was the last time the Lions made it past the wildcard round of the playoffs. Now for one of the most up and down teams this year, it's gotta be Seattle Island. Seattle has lost five consecutive games against the spread heading into KC. Seattle hasn't lost five consecutive games against the spread in the same season since Matt Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander days back in 2003. And for your cold fact in Arrowhead, the Seahawks and Chiefs are scheduled for about 11 degrees, the second coldest Seahawks game in the last 20 years. The coldest? Vikings fans? Blair Walsh. When it comes to the Bengals-Patriots game, the Bengals have won and covered six straight games. The last time they won and covered seven straight, you'd have to go all the way back to the 1970 season. That year ended to a loss to Johnny Unitas and the Colts in the playoffs. Finally, I can't let you go without two Joe Cool facts. Joe Burrow is 18-3 against the spread in his last 21 starts, and Joe Burrow has excelled in cold temperatures in his career. In 50 degrees or less, he's 10-2 straight up, 11-1 against the spread. In 40 degrees or less, 5-0 straight up, 5-0 against the spread. Anyone looking for the upset with Chicago this week? Over the last two seasons, the Bears are 4-21 straight up as underdogs. The least profitable team on the money line is underdogs in the NFL. And finally, just something I just couldn't believe when I saw. The Ravens haven't won and covered a home game since November of last season. Eight straight games. We'll see if they can get it done now this week. All right, thank you, Evan. Great stuff there, as always. And without further ado, let's jump into the best bets for Week 16. Evan laid it out nicely. Jill, we'll go to you first. Your first best bet for Week 16. Absolutely, Brendan. We're going to start with the Chicago Bears versus the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to take the Chicago Bears to cover at uh, plus eight and a half. And we talked about this on the recap podcast this past week, Brandon and I. The Bills defense just isn't shutting teams down like they used to. Dolphins ran all over them in the snow game. Raheem Mostert, if he had played every snap for the full four quarters, would have been on pace for about 400 yards rushing uh, just after the first quarter. And the Bears offense is just completely geared towards the run. And if they're effective, which they should be against this Bills defense, they can keep Josh Allen off the field. The Bears average the most rush yards per game, rush yards per carry. They have the most first downs rushing. And they've only lost three games all season by nine, 10 points, both to the Packers and the Cowboys, a game that they still put up 29 points on, by the way. Uh, And Josh Allen and the Bills, they have a tendency to play down to their competition. Like when they play a defense that is allowing, uh, giving up 24 more points per game, they're about 15 and 15 against the spread lifetime this season. When they face defenses that are giving up a ton of points, they're one, three and one against the spread. Uh, So for me, I'm going to be taking the Bears to cover as a big home dog in this spot. Okay, so Josh Allen in his career in the month of December has played well straight up, seven and four against the spread. But Jill's going the other way because of what's been going on this year with the Buffalo Bills. 
and those big numbers. Luke, you're next. First best bet. So my first one's going to be the Niners, who are going to be laying a touchdown, hosting the Washington Commanders. This one is really chalky, and it's honestly just it's pretty straightforward as well, where Taylor Heineke feels like he is on the verge of just falling on his face. Um, and the Niners defense, in my opinion, is probably the most dominant unit in the entire league right now, where like I totally like I went against them with the Seahawks and I went against them with who they played the week before. Bucks. Uh Bucks. Yeah, I think I went against them. Yeah. Which like and if I remember correctly, you Dolphins may have gone too. against them when they played the Chargers. Uh, maybe no. The Dolphins. They played the Dolphins before that. Yeah. Either way, like within yeah. like the first quarter, I, I to, like the second you just watch this defense, you just regret betting against them. And um, this is just a scenario where, I mean, we're hearing that like Carson Wentz is in the conversation of playing again, um, which tells you all you need to know in terms of the team's confidence in Heineke. And I was going against a defense that hasn't allowed 17 or more points since week seven of the chiefs. And that was a banged up chiefs team um, going against Taylor Hannity, who hasn't played a top 10 defense in terms of the EPA um, outside of the Eagles who were totally banged up in that game as well. Um, so this is just a coaching edge, a like every edge is the Niners and this is staying on seven, which is kind of suspect. Um, I think if, Chase comes back, Chase Young is deemed healthy. Um, if that brings in money on the Washington side, uh, I would love for this to get to six and a half, um, but it does seem like it's staying where it is. I would probably just wait to see if that does bring a six and a half in, into play, which I would jump on that. But this is just a Taylor Heineke situation that is trending down going against the best unit in the entire league, and I just don't know how they're going to score more than two touchdowns, if that. Um, so I'll take the Niners minus seven. The Taylor Heineke show took its first loss against the spread this past weekend. So he's now six, two and one in his last nine against the number. And we've referenced this quite a bit riding this guy, 11, four and one against the number, his last 16 starts Heineke at quarterback. And uh, yes, the, the reporting today is chase young will make his debut this his season yeah. debut against the Niners. So that is on track still Luke. That's good news for uh for that team but uh we'll find out if the Niners can uh, sustain it and keep Brock it, Purdy protected. Yeah, and it's just and the last thing like Heineke's like third worst in turnover where they plays, third worst worst in PFF and this is just very much a matchup similar to the Bucks game that the Niners played where they put up 35 on the Bucks defense. I just Purdy is like they're doing the same exact thing with Purdy that they were doing with um, the other two quarterbacks. So I had that written down. I just wanted to mention the Bucks comparison. <laughs> and the commanders are in the top half of the league in our action network luck rankings as well. They are even better. Yep. Top half. So they're not, they're not quite top 10, but they're in the top half of the league in the luck rankings, which means things are breaking their way to not only uh, win some games as we've noticed, but also cover in games. Okay, DeBundo, what do you got for us? First best bet. Speaking of teams who have been getting lucky and covering, uh, Cincinnati Bengals have been the most profitable team in the NFL this season. They've been great against the spread since the first two weeks of the season. They've only failed to cover one game. Credit to the Bengals. They've turned it around. Luana Rumo might be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. It definitely has a, a case for it. Joe Burrow's played better, but this is a good sell high spot. And I know I said the exact same thing. I wasn't on the podcast, but I said the exact same thing last week 
uh, in my preview when I bet the Bucks plus three and a half in this same spot at home against the Bengals. I like New England as well, plus three against Cincinnati. New England is better than Tampa Bay. And let's go back and look. I mean, if you could just look at that game, uh, Tampa Bay completely dominated the yards per play, the total yards. It was a failed fake punt by Giovanni Bernard, a couple of fumbles and a pick. And that gave the Bengals four scoring drives of less than 40 yards. And that's just kind of the stuff that you just aren't going to get on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. And, and I think they're clearly overvalued here. Anything a field goal or better is fine on New England. New England gets pressure. Their top three sack rate, top five pressure rate. That's a major key against the Bengals. If you're able to get to Burrow and force those sacks, force them into negative plays, it really keeps this offense stuck in the mud. And they're also very good at taking away explosives, which we know watching the Bengals is what they've relied on so heavily uh, with Jamar Chase uh, in the last year and a half. So I think this is a clearly overrated Bengals team against a desperate Patriots team that is pretty much in a must-win situation. And I know, you know I'm not like a big narrative guy, but coming off of last week's loss, uh, you'd expect a response from the Patriots. I won't guarantee it. I won't say, oh, you have to trust Belichick. I don't really believe in that kind of stuff. But uh, this is the, the kitchen sink kind of game for New England, and their offense has to get going at some point. So I'm going to take the Patriots with the points. It doesn't have to get going at some point. It just might be that bad. Yeah, Brendan, you were there. Uh, yeah. Sorry about sorry about that. <laughs> Awful. And forget the final play. The first quarter. They can't line up on time, and they're not on the same page. So I don't – They also got hosed. I mean, they should have won that game. There wasn't a touchdown. So oh, the kid there's, there's all the kinds of things that yeah. all kinds of things that he was out of bounds, all kinds of things that went wrong at the end of that game, all the things going right for the Bengals. Uh, I do wonder if it would have been two and a half if those results had been flipped, which the box scores suggested they should have been. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is clearly regressed, but uh, the Bengals don't get a ton of pressure. They're bringing Trey Hedrickson back. He's playing with a broken wrist. They're saying he's going to manage it. I don't know how that works, but they have quietly had a bunch of injuries pile up on the back end of that defense right now, too. So there's a few things about the Bengals that I'm kind of selling right now. Uh, and, and I'm looking to potentially get back in on some Ravens if Lamar uh, is able to come out uh, healthy at some point. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to you, why, why is the number only three is it, it, that's what I keep looking at. And I'm just like, okay, maybe they believe in the Patriots to get right spot, but maybe it's more of the Bengals that they, they, like you said, they're, they're 19 and three in their last 22 against the spread. And for New England, you mentioned you didn't want to go the Belichick angle, but I'll bring it up anyway. Bill Belichick off a loss uh, in his career against the spread 41-8-1. That is either as an underdog or under a touchdown favorite in his last 20 years as a coach. Um, Seems pretty good. Spread. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, the Bengals, everybody wants to put them up in that tier with the Bills and the Chiefs. I would still say they're they're solidly in the next tier. Uh, with, you know, say the Ravens or the Chargers more so than I'm ready to put them amongst the Bills Chiefs elite tier. And I know they won the AFC last year, but I'm still holding a little bit of skepticism about this team. Maybe it'll bite me, but I don't think it will this and, weekend. And like, if you bet the Bucks last week, you should be betting the Patriots this week. Where, right. And I, I bet the Bucks last week and they yeah, were... I bet them again. Yeah, they were on my list for this. And I just wanted to be able to give out three and a half. And at this time it's three, which I totally get. And no one is... I'm as I'm a Patriots fan, but I am fully committed to tanking. Like, and I'm not just blowing smoke saying that like them winning is not good for the future. Cause they're going to get destroyed in the pit in the playoffs. And they're just not good. Uh, whether, I don't know if it's Mac or Patricia, but if there is a spot that they can cover, and I think if they cover, they're probably going to be winning. Um, it, it's just one of those situation spots that I totally agree with, even though I am not a believer in the team at all. 
Agreed. Let's go back <laughs> to Jill. Revenge game. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jacoby Myers revenge game, but I'm actually going to be looking at uh cross conference matchup in Kansas City. I'm going to be taking the Seahawks plus 10 and I'm going to hold down the fort for Brandon. He's not here today. I think I need a little vacation to Seahawks Island. This is the third game in a row the Chiefs have been favored by nine or more. They didn't cover versus the Texans or the Broncos. Uh six games this season with being favored by a touchdown or more. They're two and four against the spread. One of those games was against Bryce Perkins and the Rams. So sure, you can take that one, but I like to take that one. I'm going to throw that one out. Chiefs has a favorite of three and a half or more with Patrick Mahomes, 28, 35, and one against the spread. I just don't think with the Chiefs defense like this, that they should be that large of a favorite. They're giving up 30 passing touchdowns uh, this season. That's dead last in the NFL. Uh, sets up kind of perfectly for some garbage time touchdowns as well from Geno Smith on this passing offense. Maybe cut that lead to nine uh, or within a touchdown. And for what it's worth, the Seahawks, they haven't gone 0-6 against the spread in six straight games since all the way back to 2000. So I'm going to ride that trend and ensure that they go 1-5 in that stretch. Seattle Allen closed. <clears throat> That's what it feels uh, like. The life raft is already floated away. I'm just more or less trying to annex it back from Brandon just for this week. All right. I've got, I don't have much to add. I think it's always worthy bringing up that Mahomes stat on the, when the number is three and a half or more, the, the team does not, they don't put teams away. Um, that's been evident. Luke, what do you got for a second best bet? All right. So my second one is going to be Eagles, which right now sits at, plus five and a half going to the Cowboys. Now I totally see this. I, I get the number move like Jalen hurts is out. Uh, I was one of the, what, like I bet the Cowboys at three, just basically grabbing a number um, where this is just a numbers bet. We're at five and a half, six, whatever it is. Like that is automatic for me. Gardner Minshew starting is the modern day Ryan Fitzpatrick. He comes out the first game gunslinging like on fire and then progressively falls on his face for every start after that. But <laughs> he is good for his first start to go off. And this totally feels like one of those last week of the season games where one of the teams has to get into the playoffs. The other one has nothing to play for. And everyone bets the team getting into the playoff because they think they're quote unquote more motivated uh, where like this has that feel to it. Eagles defense is probably, if not the best unit on the field, going against an Eagles offense that, like, I think can just run the ball on this Cowboys defense. That is a shell of itself giving up 30-plus points a week. Like, they are just so injured. Um, and I am a little bit skeptical that there are rumors that the Eagles might rest more starters and just wave the white flag with Hurts being out. But them activating Dallas Goddard, Cordero, can't even pronounce his name. It kind of tells me that they might, they aren't, because why would they activate him if they're going to be resting people? Um, there, there's really no reason to unless they were at the deadline, which I'm not sure if they were. Uh, but this is really just a an elite Eagles team getting five and a half, six points mm -hmm. with Gardner Minshew, I think, being totally capable, especially in his first game. Um, with, I just think that it's just the motivation, I don't think, is fair to assume that they're just not going to try and throw in the towel um and i'll just take the five and a half um yeah does it, really make, does it make you 
does it make you feel better that it's a game they don't need to have? Like, say this was a game the Eagles, I suppose they still kind of technically need the game for to secure the one seed, but does it make you feel better that Minshew has nothing, nothing really to lose here? Like if, if they're pulling guys, if they're resting guys, that there's, there's no, there's a lack, there's no, not as much pressure on him. I guess like there is concern of like, if someone gets injured, like there's probably less of a chance that he's going to come back in or like if he's good, like if he bangs his ankle and if it was a huge game, he'd play again, they probably aren't going to play him in this game and they're just going to rest him. Uh, but like Minshew has everything to play for. Like, and this guy is, he's just sure. an ele- like, he has everything to play for. Uh, this offensive line can totally dominate Dallas in the trenches where they can just run the ball a hundred times. Um, and yeah, the, the mismatch is the Eagles offensive line against his Dallas defense. And Minshew really doesn't like, I'm not worried at this number where at three, not a bet with Minshew, that'd be crazy. Um, but like five and a half, six, sign me up. They met at the end of last year in Philadelphia and the final score is 51, 26 Eagles did make the playoffs. So did the Cowboys that's shaping up to be the same this year. Minshew in the game finished 19 of 33, 186, two touchdowns, a pick was sacked three times. He ran the ball five times for 10 yards. Um, that was how it looked last year when he played for Jalen Hurts, who was who was banged up. Let's go to DeBundo, second best bet. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, I'm going to stay in that game. I think Luke made a good case for my over there. Uh, I think the Eagles offensive line has a massive advantage against this Dallas undersized defensive front. Like you can run on the Cowboys and the Cowboys defense has regressed quite a bit in the last few weeks, giving up over five yards of play to the Texans, giving up seven to the Jaguars, uh, getting hit in the secondary with injuries now and, and getting exposed a little bit there on a play to play basis. They're just not as elite as some of the other teams you think of when you think of the elite defenses and they have been a bit reliant on turnovers. So I think, Minshew and this offense can have success. I am a little worried about pulling everybody too, but at 47 and a half, I like the over. I actually bet the over 50 and a half on Sunday, my Sunday night and Dallas plus one and a half. So that shows you how far this market has come with all the injuries and, and the news, but I still like over 47 and a half here with Minshew in the game. Cause I do think their offense will find a, a success on the ground, no matter who's in, they've been mauling people, whether it's Gainwell Sanders or even Boston Scott getting going against the giants. So they've been able to run the ball all year. It's been their calling card and they'll still be successful there. And I love this Dallas offense against what I think is also an overrated defense in Philadelphia. You mentioned the game last season 
Yep. Philadelphia rested most of their defense yes, in the second in the in that game. And Dak had one of the most efficient games he's ever had. But this Dallas offense has played like a juggernaut since Prescott came back from injury. He's top three in the league in EPA per play, top two in success rate, top five in rushing, top five in passing. So they've been a dominant team. And you can run on this Eagles defense, absolutely. And if there's a question mark about motivation where the team has maybe one foot out the door, you're going to see that on defense more than on offense, I think. And you'll see the Eagles defense going vanilla because they don't want to show anything to Dallas ahead of the playoffs where there's a good chance they could play each other. And they look like two of the three best teams in the league. So I think there's going to be points in this game back and forth. I think Dallas will uh, ultimately probably win it. Uh, I, I think the spread's about right, but I love the over. 47 and a half, 46 and a half. Does it depend on how the game starts and then Sirianni makes that call? Or does it, does he make that call pregame to sit other guys? That's a pregame call. We won't know it, you know, maybe it'll leak, but like, we're not going to know, but I wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't be shocked to see like a first half if they're, and then if they're not competitive, like they just pull, I mean, I don't know. They're very smart front office. Uh, They're very, you know, they have their eyes on the saints game next week because they can beat the saints and, give them a worse draft pick, which gives them a better pick uh, because they have the Saints first round pick and they can, they can clinch it next week. Uh, but like, like Luke said, like Minshew is capable. He's more than capable as a backup. Uh, he's one of the better, if not one of the best backups in the league. So given their rushing advantages, I think they'll be able to just kind of be vanilla, stay in this game, score 20, 24 points and maybe lose, but they'll be in the mix. Okay, that's a 4.30 start on Saturday afternoon. I think we were going to be moving to Christmas Day here for our last slate of picks. We'll go to Jill first for his final best bet. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at the total for one of these games. It's already steamed up. It might steam up a little bit more by the time we get to kickoff. I'm going to be taking the over 50 and a half between the Packers and Dolphins. This pick is mainly about Miami. Uh, Full support on their offense and a full fade of their defense. The offense actually impressed me last week in Buffalo because the script was completely set up for a clunker in that snow globe game. Uh, 29 points, even though Tua Tagovailoa only completed 50% of his passes. Uh, and the explosive capability of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is really why no wonder is safe. Uh, and you can look at the home and away splits for passing for the way Tua is. He's around 69% when he's throwing at home. That drops to about 62% when he's on the road. As for the Packers, I think their offense is starting to round into shape. Uh, I mean, this isn't the Texans coming to town. Ever since that Lions game where they only scored nine points, they averaged 26 points per game. And they're facing a defense that is bottom five and points allowed per game. Doesn't really have a pass defense to speak of. It's going to be tight. Like I'm projecting around 51 to 52 points. But I think right now that there's potential that you could see a 35-32 game. Concerns about the weather at all in Miami? It's not quite the Arctic cold, but there's going to be some wind and possibly some rain. Uh, I mean, you, you would probably have seen that total start to skew down if there was actually legit concerns about that. Like you're seeing some totals this week, you know, 32 and a half, 35, 36, where the actual Arctic bomb is expected to make an impact. I can't imagine that uh, wind and rain would be enough to stop these two teams from putting up 30 points. Fair enough. Luke, what do you got? Final best bet. So my final one is going to be Dolphins playing three and a half hosting the Packers. And like start of the week, Packers plus five and a half, six was probably one of the first ones that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. But this has just come down too much for me where the Dolphins who have, I believe, the largest home and road splits in the entire league, offense and defense, 
um, are coming off of a three-game road trip against the Niners, Chargers, and Bills, which I can't think of a worse gauntlet than that. Um, where when they played the Bills last week, they ran the ball extremely successfully, extremely impressively with Raheem Mostert. And now they're going to be hosting a Packers team that can get gashed. And if they can run the ball, which I believe they totally can, that is going to be setting up everything else for the receivers uh, 100%, where I can see them putting up 30 points easily uh, on this Packers team. And I totally get all of the Packers narratives. I think you're about to hear a few of them. But (laughs) at three and a half, this is just too low for a team coming off of that awful road trip that have huge home away splits basically a get right game that has the running game bringing in some momentum off of that. That's just going to set up everything else to explode for me um, where the Packers should have won by like a hundred points against the Rams and they just didn't. And they just get so conservative in in the second half and some of the play calls that they make. And I hate questioning play calls because I'm not a coach and I haven't been in the league for 30 years, Uh, but some of them are just like, what is going on? And they, it's just, I, I just don't see the Packers being able to keep up with the dolphins in this game. So dolphins minus three and a half was six, which I wouldn't lay six, but at three and a half. Yeah. That's, that's one for me. Tua, when he's at home, 12 and four against the spread, seven, nine and one against the spread in his career away from South Beach. Those are the numbers. Luke said he had a feeling. I do too, because DeBundo's making gestures and uh, he's got his best bet now. What? What? What is it? Uh, I love I love the Packers. I, I'm, all, I'm all in on the Packers. <laughs> Give me all the, the narratives. Look, for like three years. I was the guy, or one of the people, there was a few people, like I know Stucky's hated the Packers for years too. Like we would just say that they're fraudulent and that they're going to lose in the playoffs. And then Packers Twitter would get mad. Like I know we have a bunch of Packers fans at this company. So like people, you know, Matt Treby, not to name names, uh, but they would always say, you know, get mad. I'm actually in on the Packers now. I'm buying low on Green Bay as a team going forward with their chances in the potential playoff situation. This offense has quietly, one, gotten really healthy. They finally have their full complement of average to above average weapons available with with Jones and Dylan healthy and all the receivers uh, all on the field at the same time. It's not a great receiving core, but it's it's an okay one with, you know, enough for Rodgers to work with at least. And Rodgers seems to be playing better and, and looks healthier after he had that a couple of games where he was just really, really bad. I think his his finger injury was kind of bothering him there, Uh, but he's played better. And I thought he looked really sharp against the Rams. They were moving the ball up and down the field without a problem. They had some issues in the red zone. They had one bad turnover. There was a couple of fluky things that kept that game closer than it was, but they're playing really well. And I think the green Bay defense, yes, they can't stop the run. Joe Barry, like is the worst, maybe the worst defense coordinator in the league, but they do take away the deep middle of the field. If you go by DVOA, they are the third best defense at taking away the deep middle of the field in the entire league. And that is where Miami lives. And that's what Staley did. That's what D'Amico Ryans did. And if Green Bay can take that away, you make Tua look a lot more pedestrian. Tugavailoa has 15 turnover worthy plays this year. He's gotten very fortunate to not have turned the ball over more than he actually has. So a lot of dropped interceptions. Uh, I'm selling this Dolphins team. Uh, I, you know, when they're a big underdog, their offense is explosive enough to, to keep them in any game. Like we saw that with Buffalo. But when I'm laying points, this defense, like, like Jill said, it's just really bad. Uh, and I think there's there's holes that Green Bay, who is top seven in offensive DVOA for the season, hard to believe, seventh. Uh, 
I think they're they're going to get hot at the right time here, and I think they have a good chance to make the playoffs if they win this game. And I'm also long on them to potentially be a dark horse in in the NFC playoffs if they get there. So back to the luck rankings discussion. You've got the Packers who are towards the bottom of the rankings, which means yep. they've been unlucky, and the Dolphins who have been one more of the lucky teams um, this season. So yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, funny because for years Green Bay was like the luckiest team in the league. They won every one score game. They got every bounce. They win 13 games, even though their numbers said they should win 10. And this year, the, it's gone the complete opposite direction, and everybody's decided that they just suck. I really don't think that's the case. But I, I think it's. And I also think that, but I feel like the perception, which like I don't even know what the betting splits are. I'm sure Brendan, you have it, but like the perception of Green Bay before the bye was like they are awful. They are. Yep. Just they're not making the playoffs. And then after mm-hmm. the Rams game, like now everyone, it does feel like the masses are starting to catch on to them and starting to love them again, um, which isn't hard with Aaron Rodgers. And after those three road games, like I don't think Dolphins stock has been this low than it is at the current moment where like no one believes in the Dolphins at this time. Um, they did get bullied twice, which which like I think <laughs> went into the it went into the price of like, I thought they were undervalued just last week in Buffalo. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, but I don't know that a win against the Rams is, has everybody believing in green Bay again. Like they do probably need to win out to get in the playoffs. Yes. So it's like a long shot, Definitely. but I, I like them next week too. Yeah. Miami, Minnesota and Detroit to close the season for the Packers. 88% of the money, 65% of the tickets are on green Bay. And I'm starting to figure out what Luke's doing here, maybe because he sees the whole company outside of him is on Green Bay, and he is not. Oh, yeah. the, made the, the public action mush. The action mush not even is a what thing. he's not signing up for this time. Oh, it's a thing. It's um, not a thing. You, you just remember when we all lose. <laughs> no, that's fair. Here, we all, here. <laughs> DeBundo didn't want to name names. I will. Stucky, Raybon, Nick Martin, Nick Giffen, Milman, Delera, DeBundo, Brandon Anderson, all on Green Bay. Yeah, I actually Oof. took I took plus six before the Packers even kicked Monday. They were offering yeah, a look which, ahead, like before the package. Which he kicked. acknowledged. Luke acknowledged that he's cool with that, but he just thinks it's getting. Too yeah, and I put I put in the thing anything over three and a half, four is fine. And like I the, wouldn't, at three, I wouldn't bet it anymore. The like the money percentages, like the reason they're somewhat flawed is because like we don't know when the money's coming in. We're like eighty eight percent of the money. Like I would, I would make a very strong assumption that that was on the sixes, the fives, the four. And yeah, halves. anybody who's betting early in the week is getting better numbers. And then like you have your Sunday betters who come in. Fair enough. Good points. Which is probably why the public it's, we're seeing that the public is on the Packers. Cause I can, I totally get it. The Packers at the numbers earlier this week. Yeah. Easy. Um, but now it's at three and a half. It will be very interesting to see what those splits become by Sunday. Okay. Before we wrap up the show, let's take a quick look at next week's lines for week seven, 17, right? 17 week, 17 coming our way next. So two weeks to go in the regular season. We do this segment folks, folks, the look ahead line to see if we like numbers now before they adjust after Sunday and DeBundo wants to take a stab at it. We usually go to Brandon Anderson on this, but you're going to go right back to the Packers who, as you acknowledged, they are a favorite next week, a short favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that Minnesota team is something else, huh? Coming back 33 nothing against my Colts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Green Bay is a clearly better team than Minnesota. They've been a much better offense. Uh, Minnesota's run game has been their biggest weakness this year. Dalvin Cook is on washed watch. 
He has just not been the same back. And if you're not able to run on this Minnesota team, this Green Bay team, it's much harder to move the ball. Uh, also, the motivational angle. I think there's a chance that Minnesota, well, Minnesota will have already clinched, and they're basically just jockeying with San Fran for two and three. There's no real chance for them to get up to the one seed. So we could see, like, you know, Minnesota, anybody who's resting or banged up could could be held out of this game with Minnesota starting to kind of focus on the playoffs. Uh, and really the main reason I, I'm giving out Green Bay now is because it's sitting at two and a half. I think there's a good chance that it hits three, three and a half uh, by next week if, you know, Green Bay were to perform well this weekend, which I'm hoping for. Uh, but the Packers uh, getting that under a field goal, I think, is a valuable situation right now. So I like the Packers minus two and a half, and I bet it this morning. And that, that, that mean- makes total sense. I mean, like no one catches more heat than the Packers. Like their fan base travels the best for a reason. Um, and what if the Packers win on Sunday? Like, whew, this thing is going to get destroyed because everyone is going to be back on board. And-, and if it goes to one and a half, two, because, you know, something they underperform or whatever, they're not going to be out of the playoffs. Green Bay will still be mathematically alive, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Unless Washington also, unless Washington and Seattle win, which I can't see either. Uh, so there's Green Bay is likely to still be in the playoff picture. Even if they lose, they still could sneak in at eight and nine. So they're still going to be playing for everything. And if it's two, I'm not that worried about it, but three being the key number that it is, I want to get the two and a half while I still can. And, and if you believe it's rigged, if you believe everything's rigged, <laughs> like the Packers Lions game last week of the season, when it gets in the playoffs would get a lot of viewership. Probably get flexed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, so, Jags Titans might uh, have something to say about that. Well, there's no, there's no night games last week of the year. They all play the same. Really? No, they don't, no, they they do one night game every year, don't they? I don't think so. Yeah. No, no, because yeah, last year was uh, last year was the tie. Remember the? Uh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. No Monday night. Always, there's no Monday night game. Yeah. They flex. They flex one game to Sunday night. No every Thursday year. game either. Yep. Right. Yeah. No Monday night, no Thursday night. That's it. My, my, my yeah. fault. They'll, they'll put, um, they'll put either Jags, Titans or Packers, Lions, uh, probably not Packers, Lions. Cause there'll be other games. Maybe. I, don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I think, I, mean, I think Jags, Titans, out for the season, but that game's still going to decide the division. Yeah. I mean, but right. So if you believe everything's rigged, which is not for this podcast, would you rather have a playoff playing game being Packers, Lions or Jags, Malik Willis? Yeah, that's true. I mean, of course, the Lions would do better ratings, but there's other teams is the problem. But we'll see. Right. It'll be interesting. I'm just surprised Alvin Cook Packers, was Packers catching Lions strays. for a playoff spot. This is, support, yeah, this man, is supporting your Cook. Packers, by the way, on how they need to win. Like, Yeah, 75 to 1 to FC is still out there if you're really crazy. All right. Yeah. I think that's going to do Well, hold on real quick. Last thing on this look ahead. What, hap- what has to happen for Minnesota Giants then? Like, what if Minnesota blows doors? Minnesota has not blown doors on anybody all season. I'd be very surprised if that happens. But again, it's just asymmetric risk, right? It's two and a half. If it goes to two, okay, whatever. But if it goes to three, three and a half, that's a big value jump there in the bet. All right, here we go. Recapping the picks for week 16. We miss you, Brandon. But uh, here, here we go. Here's what we got. Jill Gallant is on Bears plus eight and a half. Seattle plus 10. And the Green Bay Miami Christmas Day game over 50 and a half. Luke is on San Fran minus seven. Eagles plus five and a half. And the Dolphins minus three and a half. DeBundo on the Patriots plus three. Philly and Dallas over 47 and a half. He's so confident. He played it earlier in the week with the total north of 50. And he's going against Luke. He's got the Packers at plus three and a half. Gents, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the football. Thanks for making the time. 
and we look forward to the recap show, which is next on the Action Network podcast. That was your NFL Week 16 Best Bets episode presented by FanDuel. Thanks to Jill, Luke, and Anthony. Best of luck, everybody. Have a great weekend. Brendan Glasheen signing off. And uh, again, happy holidays here from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.